Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. Right. So if you know, for example, they're in a certain industry that's experiencing a certain problem right now, and they're probably at least aware that they need to fix it, it's asking a question about the problem. Okay. And it gives value because they're struggling with it and you're coming along, you've got a solution or you've got something they should at least consider. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools, and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors. Welcome to Ritter on Real Estate, where we teach you how to invest like a pro. I'm your host, Kent Ritter, and today we've got a special guest. His name is Yakov Smart. Yakov is considered to be one of the leading experts when it comes to attracting high net worth investors and raising capital on LinkedIn. And I think generally just building your network on LinkedIn and attracting the type of people that you want to build meaningful relationships with. He's the author of Disrupting LinkedIn. And Yakov is a proud leader of a business called Linked Lead Enterprises, where his webinars, on-demand training programs, and strategic consulting helps people give the tools to grow their techniques on LinkedIn, and transform their LinkedIn profiles into priceless capital-raising assets. So really excited to have you here today, Yakov. I mean, I've seen you speak. I've seen you on LinkedIn. Definitely have valued your advice and used it to build my own network. So really excited to have you here to help my listeners just do better networking, I would say, right? Especially in this online world we live in now. I think it's, it's so important. So excited to have you on the show. Hey, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we always like to start at the top. Why don't you spend five minutes or so telling the listeners about who you are and how you got started in the business that you're in? For sure. So I got started in internet and online marketing, actually, as a college student. My very first online business opportunity was I thought it'd be cool to write an ebook for college students on how to succeed in college my senior year. So I did that as a business opportunity. The book's still actually on Amazon. And that was really my first you know, adventure out into creating an info product and offering it to people in a way that it provides value and in a way that it can you know, facilitate a transformation, facilitate results. So that's when I really got started online business. Fast forward a bit, graduated from school. I was living in Vegas. I was doing software sales at the time. And the way I got into marketing on LinkedIn and building relationships on LinkedIn was that I realized I could reach decision makers directly 
and that it was much more effective and streamlined than having to go out there and make a bunch of cold calls. Mm-hmm. And around the same time, speaking of building networks, I was out in Vegas networking in person. This was several years ago. And casually, I would mention some of the types of success I was having on LinkedIn. And I was networking with small business owners and they looked at me and they said, you mean to tell me I can use LinkedIn to generate leads and build those key relationships? And I said, well, if I can do it, I can probably show you how to do it too. So that's when I started taking on clients and building this new business and got into it full time a few months later where the bread and butter was really in working with small business owners, showing them how to build those key relationships using LinkedIn, whether it's finding potential clients, strategic partners, you know, a number of different ways to leverage the platform for those key opportunities. And then more recently, obviously, you know, COVID hit. And you know, what I saw was, especially in the area of real estate, especially in you know, building key investor relationships, that there was an opportunity that was you know, going untapped because of the caliber of people on LinkedIn, but also because a lot of the in-person networking that used to get done at these huge in-person conferences and events... Mm-hmm it no longer existed. So people needed a new way to do it. And I created a program where specifically now we work with, we still work with a few different types of business owners, but primarily working with people who want to build key investor relationships using LinkedIn. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's incredible. It's really interesting. I mean, I think the evolution is fascinating. And then it's just such an inflection point, right? With COVID and everything happening, everything going online, the need more than ever. I mean, I felt it in my own world, raising capital and trying to meet investors and attract investors, I would, you know, in a normal year, I would go eight to 10 conferences a year and all of a sudden that stopped. Right. And so you you go online and you find new ways to do things. And so I think more than ever, what you're talking about is so important. So again, excited to have you here, excited to dig in a little more to help the listeners learn some of the techniques that they can take away to start better networking. Definitely. Yeah. So you touched on it a little bit, but there's a lot of platforms out there, right? There's platforms with more users in LinkedIn, Facebook, there's Instagram. I mean, everybody knows all the platforms. So why LinkedIn? Why did you focus there? And why have you built your business around that single platform? Well, it's a much more professional platform. I mean, compared to other social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, there's a lot of entertaining cat video type of stuff happening. <laughs> sure. I think especially now though, a lot of sort of movers and shakers, high value, high net worth type of professionals, whether it's entrepreneurs, people who are you know, brokering real estate deals, you name it, mm-hmm. angel investors, tech founders, LinkedIn has become their platform of choice. And it's a shift that's happened in the last few years, partly because a lot of people are tired of the BS and drama of other social media, but also yeah. because... LinkedIn, the intention of people there is to build key relationships, okay? And it's to learn and to grow. So it provides value in a whole different way than those other platforms. And even in the recent couple of years, Microsoft purchased LinkedIn and they completely revamped the platform to make it more user-friendly, to make it more of a social platform as evidenced by the fact that in 2020, conversations on LinkedIn were up by 55%. Now, mm-hmm. that's a large mm-hmm. part of digital networking, online relationship building. So that trend is going up. Engagement on content is going up. The average household income of a LinkedIn user is $115,000. So people on LinkedIn tend to be higher income earners. They're more affluent. I think there's something like 61 million top corporate decision makers on LinkedIn. I read a stat like that the other day. 
So it was just a higher caliber pool of people you can connect with and grow relationships with. And there's definitely an opportunity to stand out too when you position yourself the right way, when you have the right messaging, where you're not just seen as someone who's super boring and corporate and stuffy because it's not a stuffy resume platform anymore. Right. On the other extreme is the people, we get these messages all the time, right? The people that try to just you know, spam away on LinkedIn. And that's sure, the yeah. of what so that. there's a there's a sweet middle there, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that sweet middle is what everybody's trying to find. Just from my own personal experience, you know, of sending out messages and things, there's always that in the back of my head of like, oh God, I hope this doesn't come across as spammy. And I hope that people don't feel like I'm just hitting them with sales offers and things. So I think it's a tough middle ground to find and to kind of to tread. And like, you know, when you see one, you know, you see some pretty cringeworthy stuff out there. And so... I think today you can help us avoid some of that and you can tell us yeah. that, you know, what not to do as well, right? We'll get there. So yeah. I think that'd be awesome. So it makes sense why it's the platform choice. It is my preferred platform as well as I interact on all the major platforms. And I personally have seen exactly what you talked about, that the engagement on LinkedIn is just more thoughtful. It's more positive. People just in general are more engaged and yeah, I think some of that is like you mentioned intent, right? People are on LinkedIn to network and to build relationships, not necessarily just for entertainment value, right? Where you may be on Facebook or, or Instagram or one of those others. And so, you know, you can definitely see that difference, I think, in the interactions. And I think it's it's been easier for me, at least, to kind of spread a message as well through those interactions versus the other platforms. So, yeah, I think for all those reasons, definitely enjoy being on LinkedIn. So you mentioned a couple big changes, right? You, you mentioned in general, just the more social aspects of it and kind of changing from the stuffy resume platform it was to being more of a social network. I mean, is there anything else people should be aware of? Any tips or things that have changed on LinkedIn? Yeah, well, you know, and I think this is a good segue into what we were going to talk about next is the targeting and the intentionality. And I think this is an interesting thing to think about for people, whether they're using it to find investors, whether they're using it to build business relationships or just to expand and expand their sphere of influence. Okay. Because a lot of people on LinkedIn and on social media in general with their marketing aren't being as intentional as they need to be. Okay. And I'm big on intentionality. Mm -hmm. I'm big on reverse engineering, you know, okay. And having something that's trackable and data driven. So it's important to think about things. From that standpoint, and the middle ground between being stuffy and spammy, let's call it that. And I consider myself to be a direct response marketer. And so, what that means is anytime we're interacting on LinkedIn, we're giving value. Okay. And there's a few different ways of giving value that are probably a little contrary to what people have heard. So, I'll go over those in a second. But the way to look at it is you're offering value. Okay. If the person doesn't want to receive the value, great. That's fantastic. That's phenomenal. You don't want to waste their time. You don't want to waste your time, right? For example, if you are looking for someone who might have capital to place and that person doesn't have $100 to their name, you don't want to go into a three-hour meeting with that person where they just pick your brain. It's not you know, the best use of your time. So what that allows people to do is it allows people to self-select and raise their hand and say, yeah, I'm interested in finding out more. Let's take this relationship beyond LinkedIn. I want to see what you're about. I'm at least curious. Or no, you know what? This isn't for me, but thank you. Or maybe I got something valuable. Right. So the ways to give value, number one is asking a question. The questions are amazing because they get us to think differently. They get us to, you know, open up to new possibilities. So asking a question that's specific to what's happening with that person, to what their experience has been like, or maybe a specific 
issue that they're facing or a goal that they have, right? And you know what? And I'm not saying go super personal at the beginning before you know the person, because that would be silly, but something broad, open-ended that starts the conversation. It's a great way to do that. It's a great, genuine way to do that. The other way, we call it problem awareness, right? So if you know, for example, they're in a certain industry that's experiencing a certain problem right now, and they're probably at least aware that they need to fix it, it's asking a question about the problem, okay? Mm -hmm. And it gives value because they're struggling with it and you're coming along, you've got a solution or you've got something they should at least consider. And that third way is offering a resource, okay? Offering an informational, educational-based resource, something like a PDF, cheat sheet, video series. There's so many different options, a webinar, which is what I prefer. And Mm -hmm. that allows the person, if they're interested in that topic or interested or curious to learn, want to say, yeah, I want that. And now you've got someone who's engaged, right? Versus just shoving it at them is Mm -hmm. not the way to do it, right? So those are the three ways to give value through LinkedIn. I'm still big on direct messaging, giving value in those different ways because content, when we post content in, you'll see a lot of people doing this on social media and LinkedIn. They post and they hope that maybe they're going to post something up there because someone told them they should and maybe the right person will see it. Well, if you take the responsibility and if you're intentional and saying, okay, I know this is valuable. I know this person is hyper-targeted to receive this message. Let me directly message that person. You're going to get a much higher open rate than you would on email. You're going to get a much higher view rate than if you just posted and hoped. So it's about Mm -hmm. delivering the right message to the right person in a way that gives value. Let's talk about that a little more. So there, there's a couple points. One, you went over three items, right? Questions, probable awareness, and then offering something of value. And those seem kind of like the icebreaker. Like that's how you start. Yeah. You start the conversation in a way that's not starting with a sales pitch, right? Exactly. I mean, everybody gets those. I hate those, right? You get the, as soon as you connect with somebody, there's a canned message that pops up and it's just this long sales pitch, right? And that's immediately for me, like that's a no, I'm not going to read that long thing. You're talking about doing it in a way where you're engaging in a conversation that's relevant to them. Or I mean, I love the idea of offering the product, the webinar or something so that that way, if they're interested, they take the next step and then they're engaged. Right. I mean, I think that makes a ton of sense. So that's kind of the icebreaker and then getting them engaged. But then from there, you're even talking about the method of delivering that, which I think most people do which I'm definitely guilty of, is posting and hoping, like you said, posting and hoping that it resonates, right? Or that it finds the right person that it's going to resonate with versus, and this is a big theme for for me this year. This is kind of my word of 2021. So I'm glad you brought it up, but it's just intentionality and just being intentional in everything you're doing. And this idea of, don't just blast it out to the ether, find the people that are going to be interested and take the extra time to deliver a personal message to them. And what you're saying is that that goes a lot further, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's great. I love that. You know, so we talked about a little bit, but specific methodologies that you would recommend for starting to network, you know, we talked about icebreaker, we talked about direct messaging. Is there anything else that you give people as kind of the 101 to say, these are things that you need to be doing on LinkedIn? Yeah, well, obviously having a profile that's attractive and positioning mm-hmm. you as credible and trustworthy is huge. If you don't have that, then pretty much none of this other stuff matters. It becomes yeah. a real battle. Beyond that, though, and I think we can touch on that in a second. Beyond that mm-hmm. is 
the who, right? Because most people don't have a what problem, they have a who problem. And mm -hmm. what LinkedIn allows you to do better than any platform out there is build hyper-targeted lists. So if you want to connect with CPAs, for example, who are in your zip code, who've been in business for more than 10 years, who have 200 to 500 employees, you can build a list of those people on LinkedIn. Okay, you can build that list literally within a matter of seconds when you know how to use the filters. So there's five ways to find people on LinkedIn. The first one is the free search. You can just search for a word and it'll bring people up. And it's really mm -hmm. cool because it's super abundant. You can sometimes literally see tens of thousands of people who might be a good to build that relationship with, which is awesome. The next way is to search by groups, which is great because you can see based on interests, right? So for example, if there's a group, people are interested in learning about passive real estate investors, it might be great people to connect with and engage with, right? The third way is searching through content, okay? So searching what content is available, finding people that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the fourth way is it, let's say you have a list already of current customers, of you know, prospects, people you've talked to. You can actually upload that list into LinkedIn and have those people be a part of your network because you can see some of the people they're connected to. And now you have a warmer lead into that conversation, right? Because there's three types of connections on LinkedIn. There's first degree connections. So if you and I are connected, it's like being friends on Facebook. There's yeah. second degree connection, which is really where the gold is, is even if I go to connect with you and we're not connected yet, and we have a, just one mutual contact, it's going to say second degree. And that's a lot warmer than if we have no mutual contacts. Okay, sure. the response for it tends to be. Sure. And the final way to find people and build this targeted list on LinkedIn, which is one of my favorites, is using LinkedIn Premium. And the one to use would be Sales Navigator. And that's going out there, building, I think there's somewhere between 15 and 20 filters you can use and you can get really, really, really specific. And you can make sure that everyone you're building those relationships with is hyper-targeted so that the message resonates and so that your profile is attractive to that person. And I call it magnetizing your lists. Gotcha. That's really interesting. Yeah, I didn't even realize you could search in that many ways. And thanks for breaking out the difference between what you can do kind of a free profile and what you can do from premium as well, because I don't think everybody's ready to jump on Sales Navigator, but it sounds like there's quite a bit you can do even with a free profile as far as networking and targeting these lists. Yeah, there is. And what's cool about Sales Navigator too, if people are curious about it, they can get a free trial for 30 days. I mean, that gives you ample time to get things ramped up, figure it out, see if it's for you. And yeah, you can do a lot of things with the free profile. The big differences are your capped on searches. You can still do searches that are pretty good. They're not going to be as specific. Mm -hmm. And that's really the big difference right now is the micro targeting in the searches. And then the ability to save lists is a little different. But beyond that, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's pretty similar. The gotcha. only other difference is if you're marketing or wanting to build relations with specific companies, you can do things at like an enterprise level. But for most people that are, you know, either small business owners or real estate entrepreneurs, the sales navigator would be the way to go. And those are the key differences. Gotcha. Okay. Very good. So one thing I wanted to ask, you know, you mentioned that you're definitely a proponent of direct messaging. Yeah. But how does posting fit into your strategy or does posting fit into your strategy? So personally, I'm not big on posting. If I want to post something, if I want to make sure people see my message, I'll spend a little bit of money and I'll put an ad in front of people, okay? If I want to make sure that that happens because then it's intentional and I can control that. 
Personally, I haven't posted on LinkedIn in a long time. The only time you'll see me posting on LinkedIn is if I share, you know, for example, when we publish this episode and you post it on LinkedIn, I'll share that or I'll engage mm-hmm. with you, right? Mm-hmm. But what's more powerful than posting sometimes too is if you dedicate, let's say, five minutes a day to doing this, it'll make a big difference. I call it three by three by three. So you go through your LinkedIn newsfeed, you pick three different posts from people who are interested, who either have a relationship with or want to build relationships with, and you give that post a like, and then you comment. And when you comment, you acknowledge what they had to say, and then you ask a question. And it's a great way to kind of organically have a conversation there. And it's also a great way because every time you do that, guess what? When you comment on a post, people see your LinkedIn headline and there's a direct link to your profile. So it's a great Mm -hmm. way to give yourself some exposure while giving other people more exposure to Gotcha. I think that's a great tip. That's something people can take away right now and start doing. And mm-hmm. I think often people get stuck on, it's interesting to hear your take on posts because I think that's where a lot of people focus, right? And I think that's where I notice at least people get stuck is yeah. what should I post? You know, how can I post this off and how do I create all that content? And I think people get stuck in kind of this analysis paralysis time. They're just scared to take the action, right? Or don't know what to do. But when your approach, which has obviously been highly successful, doesn't even add that into the equation. So I think that's really compelling for folks. I think it's, it's probably easier for many people to reach out individually one-on-one than feel like they're just blasting and exposing themselves to the whole world, right? So that's very interesting. That's very interesting for folks. You mentioned profiles and I wanted to go there because obviously, as you said, the hope with these messages is that people are going to engage with you further. The first thing they're probably going to do is go and check out your profile, yeah. right? Yeah, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was going to ask what are profile best practices, but it's probably more interesting to ask what shouldn't you do in a profile? What are some of the things that when you see in a profile, you just makes you cringe? So there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the very first one is really basic, though. And this is something everyone can go and do right now after they listen to this. Make sure you have all your sections at least added and filled in. Okay. So LinkedIn has this criteria. It's like, beginner, intermediate, all-star. And all that means is you have your sections filled in, right? And if you don't have the key four or five sections filled in and LinkedIn will show you which ones, your exposure is going to be severely limited, okay? So that's one of those things. If people just have a profile with none of the sections up there, it's just a picture of them and their position, they're not getting nearly as much exposure from any other activity. So, I mean, that's one of the real basic but super important things. Yeah. The next one is pictures, right? You want a picture that has good lighting and it's recent. Okay. That's one thing that mm-hmm. anytime you take relations beyond LinkedIn, you don't want to shock people because you're 10 years <laughs> older than in the picture. Yeah. It's like a dating app. Younger, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like catfishing. It, yeah. LinkedIn catfishing, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the equivalent. Beyond those basic things though, so a lot of people really dress up their profile with very, you know, advanced, complicated writing, maybe they even hire Mm -hmm. a resume writer. And Mm -hmm. there's a time and a place for that. If you're looking for a career change, hey, maybe that's a good approach. But if you're looking to use this to build relationships for your business or with investors, for example, then you want something that's more about them than about you, right? And you want to keep things at a simple level that's easy to understand. And you have to also understand and realize that your LinkedIn profile, you have a finite amount of time to hook people's attention, right? Because no one wants to waste their time even for an extra 90 seconds reading something. So you want to make sure that it's visually appealing, that it's not just in big chunks and big blocks, for example, right? 
And the big thing about the messaging is, you know, being empathetic, understanding the experience that people are going through, where are they at in their journey of awareness around your product or service, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I see this with real estate entrepreneurs all the time. They start talking about the nitty gritty of their deals and, you know, they start throwing out lingo out there and, you know, there's a bunch of lingo, but maybe someone is at the point where they're just realizing that passive investing is a thing. They're Mm -hmm. just realizing, or maybe they have an IRA or a 401k and they've got a lot of money in there, but they don't quite know that they have a different choice from the stock market, right? So those are good things to start the conversation with rather than going into the details and percentages and, you know, all the different little terms that you could put in. So those are a few of the biggest things. And then you also want your profile, especially if you're the owner of a business, to position you like the owner of a business rather than like a salesperson. Right. So a lot of business owners try to go out there and build relationships on LinkedIn and they're positioning themselves. They start throwing out features and benefits all over the profile. Mm-hmm. And it's like this long sales pitch. That's not the mm-hmm. point there, right? You know, people mm-hmm. are going to do business with you more because of who you are than what you do. And it's important to understand that as a business owner or as someone who wants to raise more capital. Yeah. I think those are great tips. You talked about meeting people where they are. Right. And recognizing that even though you know all the jargon, you know, most people out there, especially most new investors, don't. Right. And to a lot of them, really, it's kind of a scary thing because they might be interested, but they don't know anything about it. And you start throwing all these terms and things at them, and it just turns people off pretty quickly. I think that's a mistake a lot of new folks make is wanting to show their expertise through all this complicated mm-hmm. language. And in reality, you really show your expertise by being able to make things very simple, right? Like the more simple you can make it really, exactly. the more of the expert you are. I think that's a great tip for folks. And then just thinking about, you mentioned kind of the positioning and talking about not what you're doing, but why you're doing it. Like there's the Simon Sinek book, you know, it starts with why. Most people start talking about what they do, how they do it, and then why. And really, it should be the other way around. You got to start with, you know, why are you doing it? Bring it to that personal level. And then the nuts and bolts of everything, that's the what, that's the how. But so kind of similar to what you mentioned, focusing your profile on why you're doing the things that you're doing, letting people get to know you a little bit more. And if they're interested and they're bought into what you're doing, then they might be interested in the nuts and bolts and all the details, right? Exactly. Does that make sense? Okay. Glad I caught on to that. Yeah, I think those are fantastic tips. So we talked about profiles. Anything else from a profile standpoint that folks should do? I mean, I think we kind of hit from picture to content to just filling out the profile and making sure it's totally complete. Anything else to round that out? Well, it's great. It's a link to your website or link to where people can learn more. Yeah. You know, leave people yeah. there into it and they want to take the next step, whatever that is, make it really easy and clear for them. Mm-hmm. That's a great tip. As we were talking, you mentioned you know five ways to start building your list. We talked about the searches, but are there other items as folks are wanting to start building out their list, whether they're passive investors that are looking for sponsors and want to network to find yeah. deals, or whether it's active folks looking for capital? You know, how do folks start to build those lists out so that they have the folks to direct message? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and maybe I'm not understanding your question, but it's really a matter of picking one of those five ways and when in doubt, go with sales navigator and thinking of who your perfect person is and applying Mm -hmm. some of those filters. 
there's a number of different directions, but when in doubt, one, and maybe this will actually kind of answer what you're asking. Okay. The best way to do it is to look for strains of commonality, right? So for example, you're a Midwestern guy, right? So mm-hmm. if I were you and I was looking for investors, I would start with people who live in the Midwest, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing, I think you went to business school. I'm not sure where, but you went to business school somewhere. So you can look at fellow alumni of that business school, right? Gotcha. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant is how do you start to, yeah, to narrow down the groups that become your list. And so commonalities is a great place to start. That makes a lot of sense. It's the best place to start, right? Because it's like, you know, I'll give you an example that's a little tongue in cheek. So growing up, you know, my family is from this former Soviet Union. They spoke Russian and we lived in Atlanta. Anytime Mm -hmm. they would hire a contractor or pretty much do business with anyone, the first thing they looked at was the little Russian newspaper to find contractors who spoke Russian or a little sure. service provider. So it's like that one commonality in that example builds this whole different level of understanding and perceived comfort. So the same thing applies for building those key relationships, you know, common interests, interest groups. Maybe they support a similar nonprofit to you. Maybe they went to the same university. Maybe they live in the same city or in the same zip code. And these are all, maybe you're a military veteran. They're also military veteran. These are all great things to build upon. And you have that natural rapport going. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. In my own personal experience, I've experienced that as well. For example, I was a management consultant prior to being a real estate investor. And I find that I resonate really well with those folks. It's just for whatever reason, and it's because of the commonality, quite a few of my investors are current or ex-consultants. And just, I think you just resonate, you kind of speak the same language and and think the same way. So yeah, I definitely have seen that play out. Mm -hmm. Well, very cool. So As we go through things, I think there's a lot to take away as far as these specific tactics and things on on how to tackle LinkedIn. Is there anything else that we should hit on as far as people are starting to approach LinkedIn? Are there other things that they should be taking away and, and starting to do? So I know we touched on a lot of things. The key thing, though, is to, again, it comes back to being intentional. Like, what's the outcome they want to create? Who do they want to build those relationships with? And also understanding the metrics, right? You know, because it needs to be measurable. If it's not, if your results aren't measurable, you don't know how well you're doing. And I'm not saying that it's going to happen overnight. There's a process. There's a learning curve. Like, there's everything. There's definitely resources available for accelerating that. What I am saying, though, is understanding what the key metrics are and what you need to optimize for. And that way, you know, if you know what those are for your particular business or your particular intention, whatever you're using LinkedIn for, you can then make tweaks and know where you have room to grow and where you have room to scale even. So it's important to just before implementing anything here to start to understand what are my key metrics, right? And I'll give you some examples of those too. So if you're a business owner or salesperson who's using it as kind of a prospecting tool, let's say we're not talking about raising capital and finding investors, then, you know, it's usually going to be leads generated. It's usually going to be meetings booked, meetings held, and then ultimately revenue generated, right? Mm -hmm. If you're just someone, let's see who else might be listening. If you're just someone who's using it for maybe building your career, right? Which is not my real focal point, but because I know there might be some people listening who are in that Mm -hmm. boat, you know, it's how many contacts did you make per week, people in your network who are decision makers at corporations or who are in HR at a company you might be interested in or who have clout in your area, right? So, you know, how many quality contacts you're making and then ultimately 
how many calls or meetings you book with those people and whatever the outcome is that you're looking for. And then, you know, my favorite, the people who are looking for investors or who are looking for money mm-hmm. partners, it's, you know, how many leads did you generate? How much did you grow your network per week? And then meetings booked, meetings held, how many people were the right fit that are now deal-ready investors as you're moving them through that educational process. And then ultimately it's capital raised. So mm-hmm. It's a number of different things, but it's important to understand what your key metrics are for what you're going to be utilizing LinkedIn for. Mm-hmm. And what's the best way to track those metrics over time? Is it just use an Excel spreadsheet or are there other options for folks? You know, there's a bunch of different CRMs. There's even automation softwares on LinkedIn. The thing, though, is that we want to keep it simple here, right? And the best way to do it is a lot of people, I think, get bogged down in all the CRM options and all the metrics and you know all the tracking and the softwares and the automation they wind sure. up doing nothing right so sure. for our discussion here simplest way to do it bulletproof way to do it start a spreadsheet use google drive so you can share it on a cloud with your team or you know anyone else mm-hmm. and you can update that spreadsheet and it's cloud-based so you don't lose it and that's a foolproof way to do it so you're not having to spend hours setting up an advanced crm or you know dealing with metric algorithms. That's the most surefire way to do it is just set that up using a spreadsheet. Yeah, good advice. You don't always need the Cadillac, right? It's better just to get started and start taking action. Exactly. You got to get some momentum and movement going first. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, at the end of the show, we do a segment called Keys to Success. And so I'd love to ask you a few questions, Yakov. First thing to start off is, What's the one thing, if there's only one thing, what is the one thing that everybody should do immediately on LinkedIn? After this show, what should everybody go and do? They should at least update their profiles. Yeah, at least fill out all the sections in the profile, right? Like That's the five-minute winner. What are you most proud of in your career? I'm most proud of the progress we've made. I mean, 2020 was definitely a different year. I used to do a lot of in-person events, seminars, and being able to pivot and being so precise and just you know, how much I've learned and how much I've grown and you know what's ahead. Awesome. What books should everybody read? There are so many. Let's see. I'll give you a contrarian one. There's one, the rapper 50 Cent, believe it or not. He wrote a book. It came out last year. It's called Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. It's a personal development book. He's got some very unique perspectives and you could be a fan of hip hop. You could not be a fan of hip hop, but it's a very empowered book and it's really good for personal growth because he has had some success. It's a unique way of looking at things that you won't find in most self-help books. Yeah. That's interesting. And I think you're actually the second or third person that's mentioned that book to me. So I definitely have to check that out. That's good. The audio book is good too. Yeah, I bet. Is it 50 Cent? That yeah, reads he reads it? it himself. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. And then lastly, what's your number one key to success? Number one key to success is just keep going. You know, I'm willing to experiment, willing to try new things. And I like taking action and you know, doing things based on metrics and keep moving. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off and get going. Yeah, keep going and constantly be innovating and you know, looking mm-hmm. at it. That's key. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Yakov. Well, you shared so much value with the listeners today. There's folks that want to learn more or want to get in touch with you. What's the best way for folks to do that? Well, they can definitely send me a connection request on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find there, Yakov Smart. And then for those people who are looking for passive investors for their real estate projects, you can check out a free online training. I think we can include it in the show notes too, but the direct URL is 
linkedleads.us forward slash RC webinar. That's linkedleads.us forward slash RC webinar. Gotcha. And we'll get that in the show notes so folks can make it easy on it and click on it. Very cool. Well, appreciate you offering that to the listeners. I'm definitely going to go check out that webinar. I'm sure there's some things I can learn about LinkedIn to get to the next level. So appreciate you sharing all your knowledge today and coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Have a good one. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit KentRitter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro.